another program of Woman at the Well Ministries, where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. It seems that most of us are so concerned with our personal gain that we seek all we can get for ourselves and for those we love without regard to others or for God. It seems that if we even get around to thinking about God, it is an afterthought. Join us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries as Kim opens the pages of her Bible and reveals God's command to seek Him first. Learn what awaits those who seek God first and often. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. It's always an interesting question when you speak with someone and you ask them, what's your purpose? What's the most important thing in your life? You'll get a plethora of answers. And sometimes the answers make sense because it aligns with how the person is living their life. Sometimes you hear an answer and you simply know that that may be what they think they should be doing, but you watch the pattern of their lives and you see that they're not living that out. But the Bible was very clear in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so the things that we hold dear, the things that we consider precious and we protect, that's what truly reveals what's in our heart. And so when we are told that we are to seek the kingdom of God first, as we're told in Matthew 6, that means that the kingdom of God, the things of God, the desires of God, the commandments of God, those are the things that we should hold most dear in our heart. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In that verse, we're giving this prescription that tells us how to live our lives. We are to live our lives seeking God first, striving to have his righteousness, living the life that he has directed and living a life that is holy and pleasing and acceptable unto him. And then all the other things will just fall into place. But it seems to be very difficult for us to put that into practice sometimes because we as humans have our own desires and our own will. And we oftentimes have not submitted our will under the mighty hand of God. And we have taken control of our lives, pulled it from God, and we are living and doing the things that we seem to think 
are right. And the Bible says there's a way that seems right under, unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. So when we take control of our lives and we begin to plan how we're going to live our days, what it is we're going to do, when we begin to fill our heart with a desire and a purpose that is contrary to seeking the kingdom of God, we are setting ourselves up for a life that is less than what God wants it to be. We are setting ourselves up for a life that isn't in the center of God's will and therefore will not produce all the things that we need and all the things that we want. So when we take a look at this concept of seeking God first, it's important that we first just stop, take some self-reflection time and take an inventory of what truly is the most important thing in your life? What is it that you are protecting with your entire being? What is it that you are seeking at all cost? That's going to reveal your heart. And it is my prayer that as we begin to look at Matthew chapter 6 and some subsequent um, chap- uh, verses in the Bible, that we are really, really sure that God is sitting on the throne of our heart and that we allow him to have the place in our lives that he not only deserves, but he demands. As we begin reading in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, it says this, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewither shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things." But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We are told in this parable that Jesus speaks that we are not to worry about the things that sustain our earthly bodies. That we are not to spend our entire energy, effort, thoughts, minds, and purpose in gaining more of the things on this earth. In fact, he even says, why do you take so much thought of your clothing that you're going to arrange yourself in? Look at the lilies that God clothes. And they do nothing, and yet how gloriously they look. Now, let's stop there for just a moment and begin to think, what is God trying to get us to see when he's telling us, don't 
spend so much effort, purpose, and worry on that outward appearance. Because look at the lilies, they do nothing, and even Solomon wasn't as glorious as they are. What I believe that the Lord is trying to tell us is that is, I have a beautiful creation for you. I have created you in my image. I have a plan for you to prosper you, to give you a hope and an expected end. And if you follow me and allow me to mold you and make you into who you are meant to be, then you will attain the glory and the beauty that only I can give you. And it will far exceed anything that you yourself could do. In Timothy, we're even told that bodily exercise profiteth little. Now, I am not telling you that we are to just go willy-nilly and not care what we look like because people need to know that we are taking care of the temple of God. We need to present ourselves um, to people in a way that they will hear us and, and, and understand us and give us respect and credibility. But what I'm saying is that should be the means to the end. It should be we get ourselves in such a way so that God can use us. We get ourselves in such a way where we present ourselves to other people where God can open doors and God can tell us what it is that he wants us to do and how it is he wants us to walk. We need to spend more time filling our spiritual mind and body than working on our outward appearance because it's going to be what's inside of us that drives us. It's going to be what's inside of us that allows God to use us. And so when he said in verse 21, that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you get yourself so caught up in your outward appearance, you'll begin to be focused solely on you. And when you are solely focused on you and egocentric in the way that you live your life, then you are not going to be of much use to the kingdom of God when it means to go out and reach others, to care for others, to love others as you love yourself, to love your brother and to fulfill the needs that they have. That requires you to look beyond yourself and at someone else. And one cannot do that if they are completely focused on themselves. And then a little bit further in that passage, it talks about don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or how you're going to be clothed again, but don't worry about these things that sustain the body. Because I, your father, know you have need of those things. And I love you and I have a plan for you and my plan is to prosper you so I am going to surely provide for you the things you have need of. You don't have to distract yourself by thinking about the things of the body because I promise you God knows that. Now, I believe what he's trying to tell us in that passage is this. Don't spend all your time trying to build yourself up, all your time to build your wealth, all your time to make a, a name for yourself. Don't put all your energy and effort in, again, building yourself up and relying upon yourself because what he has done is he has created you to enlarge the kingdom. He has created you to spread the gospel. He has created you to love others and to be his hands extended and his feet. And so what he's saying is, if you are so preoccupied with building yourself up, how will you ever be able to build me up? 
How will you ever be able to give me to someone else? Jesus is saying that to us when we look at these words and realize that our purpose in life is not to take care of ourselves. We are incapable of doing that well. Our job is to follow Jesus and allow him to create in us that being that he wants us to be, to allow him to lead us and direct us and to guide us so that we are doing what God would have us to do. In fact, we are told in Colossians 3, 2, that we are to set our affections on things above, not on things on the earth. That means the things that matter to us, what we are really being driven to do, should we should be successful in living the Christian life that God and the Holy Spirit will enable us to do. We should be very determined to know his word in a way that we can give it to someone else, that some lost soul might come to know Jesus. We need to work in the scriptures and look at what God is telling us to do and study to show ourselves approved, a workman unto God that needeth not to be ashamed so that we can lead others to Jesus. We need to build the light in us by opening up ourselves and opening up room for Jesus to come in by asking him to cleanse us and take from us all of the sinful, wicked, worldly thoughts that we have and allow us to be a light and a beacon for him as Matthew 5 explains that we need to be. See, it's interesting that in Matthew chapter 5, he says that we're a light that needs to be put on a hillside and not covered. And then in 6, he tells us, look, you don't need to worry about all the small stuff. I got it. You don't have to worry about anything. Just follow me. I will give you your needs. I will create in you a new heart. I will create in you a song of joy. I will give you a peace that passes understanding. Follow me. Put your minds on the things of God. Look for that city that you're waiting to attend when he calls you home, a home not made with hands, eternal into the heavens. He's telling us that we need to Put our mind and our efforts and our energy and our body and our soul purpose into being the child of God he created us to be, whose heart is fixed on Jesus, whose mind has stayed on the word of God, whose purpose is to make others see Jesus in our lives, not for us to be high and lifted up, but for us to lift him up because he said, if you will lift me up, I will draw all men unto me. And so he's telling us in this passage of scripture that we need to forsake the things of the world and we need to hold tight to the things of God. He tells us in Mark chapter eight and verse 36, he says, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And in Matthew chapter 16, And verse 26, he says something very similar to that. He says, for what is a man profiteth if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? That's a really important question. For those of you who are listening who don't know Jesus, what are you waiting on? Are you saying you don't have time because you're working? You don't have the energy because you're, you've got all these other things going in your life. What are you exchanging for salvation? And for those of us who know him as Savior, that's also an important question. What are you exchanging the personal relationship with Jesus you have? 
for, for? What, it, what is it that is more important to you than knowing the word of God? What has crept into your life that is stealing your time and your heart and your attention and your mind instead of Jesus? What has your affection? If it's not the word of God, if it's not Jesus, if it's not doing his will, if it's not looking for a city whose builder and maker is God, if it's not something that is completely intertwined with the love of God, then you've exchanged it for something that is less important and will cost you your soul. See, when he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, he said, put that as the number one thing. Let that be your driving force. Let that be your purpose. When he said, seek his righteousness, that meant follow after him. Be holy as he is holy. Remove sin from your life by confessing it and letting Jesus forgive it. Walk in a way that is pleasing to him so that he can bless you. Follow after his righteousness so he can impute it into you and you can be righteous as he is righteous in you. And then all those other things that were causing you to be distracted, that were turning your attention, that had your affection, they'll fall away. And you will find yourself in the center of God's will. And you'll find yourself clothed better than the lilies. Fed more graciously than the sparrows. And living a life that is satisfying and peaceful and productive. If you are spinning your wheels and you can't find peace, I encourage you to go back to the basics and look at where you are setting your affection. Determine what you are seeking out of this world. And if it isn't Jesus, and if your affection isn't on the things of God, then at that moment and at that time, employ 1 John 1, 9 and confess your sins, knowing that he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Remember, you are loved. God loves you. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com slash watwm, where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. Greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you and you are loved. Everybody is wearing a frown